like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. Dear friend, every word that God speaks is alive and full of power to inform and transform, to make us what He desires us to be. The entrance of His word will give you light. Truth produces roots, and then the roots will produce fruits. God bless you. This message was preached by Dr. Ferdinand Mweke, coordinator of Eternity Ministries. We believe you will be edified. For the inquiries, contact. Eternity Ministries, P.O. Box 2637, Bauchi, Nigeria, or telephone 0807 570 or 0802 or send us an email at eternitymin at yahoo.com. That is eternitymin at yahoo.com. Don't forget, the bigger God gets in your eyes, the tinier your mountains become. Father, thank you for all that you are doing here at DPC as we continue in your presence. Lord, we ask that you will continue to bring enlightenment to our hearts with your word in the name of Jesus. We ask that, Father, you will cause us to see the possibilities of what you have brought to us and what you have advertised to us in Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Okay? Um, we want to look at scripture and continue where we stopped um, last night as we began to look at the matter of the indwelling. And uh, don't forget, like I mentioned, this is the textbook for the indwelling. I encourage you to get a copy and... Um, study this matter so that we can maximize the possibilities of carrying God in a human body. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, since this matter came to me, it's about one year plus now, maybe about 15 months, we have read this book many, many times in my family. We have read through it in our morning devotion, the whole family, from beginning to the end. We are studying it, we are meditating on it, we are praying it. And it has changed us. It has changed our lives. Because, sir, if it is true, if these things that we are studying is true, and I have come to a conviction that this is the truth, that we are carrying God inside the human body, 
The question that I keep asking is what are the implications? Is it true? If it is true, what are the possibilities of having the same Jesus Christ that walked on the streets of Galilee of carrying him inside? I want us to meditate on it. Let's, let's think about you know, I was discussing with my wife earlier today. There was a statement I made yesterday, so I, I, we are sharing. That statement was, I said, you should be alarmed at what I'm preaching. When somebody says that there is somebody living inside you, that is alarming. And do you know that if we are not alarmed at scripture, we cannot tremble at the word of God. The word of God should shock us. You say, what? What did you say? What did you just say? And then we grapple with it. And then we experience it. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So, this is our roadmap for tonight. And the first component of the roadmap is some introductory statements I'm going to make now. And then we are going to do a quick review. I will not spend much time because our time is gone and after that we will consider some scriptures just like we did yesterday then we are going to look at what i call the three dimensions of god's presence and then we are going to see truth illustrated i have some diagrams that the lord has given to us that will help our understanding of the indwelling we'll be going through that and then finally number six we are going to unveil the inner man we are going to look at scripture to see what we look like inside and what the capacity of the human being is deep within so that is very briefly what our roadmap is going to look like so i want to make some introductory statements and i want to request that you will help me to read some of these scriptures the first thing i want to say is that the indwelling is the only proof that you are a child of God. Please look at this scripture. This scripture is alarming what it is saying. To tell you the truth, the implications, remember that truth cycle that we came across yesterday. I'm going to mention it briefly again today. But by the time you start considering the implications of these scriptures, you will agree with me that the implications are serious. The first scripture there is Romans chapter 8 verse 9. It says, But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit if the Holy Spirit of God really dwells where? Within you. He directs and he controls you. Please look at the scripture in both there. He said, but if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, if there is somebody who does not have this Holy Spirit of Christ living inside the person, please, look at what the Bible says. It says, such a person is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. So the indwelling is the only proof that you belong to Jesus Christ. So what this scripture is saying is that every person that belongs to Christ has a resident spirit. 
inside the person. That if you belong to Christ, the proof that you belong to Christ is that there is a spirit that lives inside you. Here is how the Kenneth West, one of my disciplines, one of the things that has blessed me over the years is reading scripture from many translations of the Bible. I have found it such a blessing. Look at Kenneth West, an expanded New Testament. I, if you see that Bible, buy it. If you can order it online, buy it. It will bless you tremendously. And when you order it, read it from Genesis, read it from Matthew to Revelation. Because it's just New Testament. It's called the Expanded New Testament by Kenneth West. Kenneth West. This is how he puts that scripture. It says, but as for you, as for you, you are not in the sphere of the sinful nature, but you are in the sphere of the spirit. Provided that the spirit of God is in residence inside you. <laughs> so you see, he says, you are not in the flesh, you are in the spirit, as long as the spirit of God is resident in you. You remember the prepositions that we saw yesterday. So in means in, inside, within. And then he says, but assuming that a person does not have Christ's spirit resident inside him, that person does not belong to Christ at all. The next thing I want to say, these are introductory remarks. I'm going to run through them quickly. Some of these scriptures are still going to come up tomorrow as we continue our study. Now, but look, the Bible speaks about the manifestation of the sons of God. And that the manifestation of the sons of God will be the answer to the endless expectation and travail of all creation. You see, that scripture has a present and a final fulfillment. There is a sense in which there will be a manifestation of the presence of the sons of God in the present. And then there will be the final manifestation of the sons of God when the Lord Jesus Christ eventually arrives. But the manifestation of the sons of God, the Bible says, will be the answer to the earnest expectation of creation. And the key to that manifestation is the indwelling. In fact, the manifestation of the sons of God is the revelation of the Son of God inside the sons of God. Pastor Biodu made that statement earlier when he was speaking this evening. The manifestation of the sons of God will not manifest the sons of God. It will manifest the Son of God. The manifestation of the sons of God will be the revelation of the Son of God inside the sons of God. It is that manifestation that is the earnest expectation of all creation. That's what all creation is waiting for. That is what is going to set creation free from bondage. Both the present manifestation and the ultimate manifestation when the Lord Jesus Christ eventually arrives. And so the scripture says, for the endless expectation of the creation 
eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Hallelujah. Waits expectantly and longs endlessly for God's sons to be made known. Waits for the revealing, the disclosing of their full sonship. Here is how Kenneth West puts it again. Look, listen to West. He said, for the concentrated and undivided expectation. You see, it's not just expectation. You see, because some of these, what Kenneth West and the Amplified does is to, or do, what they do, is to bring out the details of the word that you are reading. It is the expectation. The Greek word is apokaradokia. It means to expect with a neck that is stretching out like this. You know, is to expect with complete attention and total concentrated and undivided expectation. That's the word. That's how, in fact, one Bible version said, all creation is on tiptoe. Is on tiptoe. Waiting for the sons of God to come into their own. On tiptoe. So it says, for the concentrated and undivided expectation of the creation is assiduously and patiently awaiting the revelation of the sons of God. And don't forget, the sons of God carry the son of God inside. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. The indwelling, that's the next point by way of introduction, the indwelling is the secret of everything. The indwelling is eternal life. Is eternal life. The Bible says, this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, eternal life is not a gift that God can give you apart from himself. Let's take this uh, uh, mug, for instance. You see, this is not me. It's apart from me. I can give this as a gift to somebody. That's not eternal life is. God cannot give you eternal life without giving you himself. Follow this. See, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, it says, this is the testimony, this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Can we go to that scripture? 1 John chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Please help me to open your Bible. Uh, can you help me to put that up? Our brethren in the media, I will appreciate your help. Uh, that will save me some time. First John chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Okay. Now, look at verse 10. He says, He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. But he that believeth not God has made him a liar because he does not believe the record that God has borne concerning his son. Please put the next verse, verse 11. And this is the record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is where? Is in his son. Verse 12. Verse 12. He 
that has the son has what has eternal life and he that does not have the son does not have the life so see the point here is that god cannot give you eternal life like property but take no for god to give you eternal life he has to give you himself see the bible says god has this is the testimony that god has given us eternal life and this life that god has given to us is in his son our lord and savior jesus christ the indwelling is the glory the bible said christ in you the hope of glory the indwelling is our guarantee of wisdom the indwelling is the guarantee of healing for our mortal bodies because you see brothers and sisters by virtue of the indwelling we are carrying the great physician i said by virtue of the indwelling the healer is now resident inside us I don't know am i correct am i correct everybody inside this church do you know that if it is the same jesus christ that healed the sick and did the things he did that we see in scripture if it is that same jesus that has taken residence inside you it will be rational to expect healing why will you expect healing because now the healer himself please listen i'm saying that the healer himself has taken up residence inside you think about what i'm saying what are the implications of having the healer himself resident in you except i'm preaching false doctrine is it true that jesus christ is in you is it a different jesus from the jesus that we read in the bible is it a three-quarter jesus if it is true that jesus christ has taken up residence inside you child of god think about what i'm saying it means that the healer himself is now living inside you is it true or is it a lie The indwelling is the power. The indwelling is our holiness. You see, because the Holy One of Israel has taken up residence inside us, we are holy. <laughs> I said we are holy. Why are you holy? It's not because you did something. It's because the Holy has made you his headquarters now the holy lives in you so now you are going to live a holy life you are not trying to be holy first of all you are holy that's why the bible says you are a holy nation it didn't say try and become a holy nation it didn't say that the bible does not say try and become a holy nation it does not say that it says you are a holy nation a royal priesthood a peculiar people a chosen generation now so what are you supposed to do you are supposed to now show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that is the holy life so why are you going to live holy i am going to live holy because 
I am carrying the holy inside. I can't carry the holy to go and do something unholy. It's out of the question. I am providing accommodation for a holy God. Oh, somebody in this place. I said I am providing accommodation. I am carrying a God that is holy. There are things I can't do. There are places I can't go. There are things I can't watch. There are things I can't do. I'm carrying. The Lord is in His holy temple. Somebody is living inside me. I'm not empty. No. He is our holiness. our holiness. Don't you understand? We are not trying to be holy. I'm going to do something now. I'm, I won't do this so I can be holy. No, 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 no. You are mixing the point. We live holy because we are holy. He is our heaven. I see many believers, they say, I don't want to miss heaven. I know you don't understand. You can't be carrying the king of heaven and go somewhere other than heaven. Excuse me, does it make sense, sir, that you have the king of heaven inside you? Where else are you going to go if you leave this world, if not to heaven? The only people that will go to heaven are those that already have heaven inside them. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, the indwelling, I want you, to, I don't want you to miss this of all the things that we have here tonight. The indwelling is the key to all the works of God. Everything that God does, He does by the indwelling. Everything that God does, He does, how does He do it? By the indwelling. When God was going to create the world, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, what did the Bible say? He said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep but something was happening the spirit of god was hovering hallelujah over the face of the deep it was the indwelling of the spirit over the face of the deep that brought life out of chaos I was shocked when I saw 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. Please, 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, put it from verse 17. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 and from verse 17. Media brethren, I need your help. So please, be on the alert. Verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Is that not so? Huh? All things have passed away. All things have become new. Next verse. And all these things are of God 
who has reconciled us to himself and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ can you put up verse 19 brother please I need your help thank you Aha, thank you. And kindly stay on duty. Eh? I need you now. You are the deputy preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, do you see what the Bible says there? To wit, that is, that God was where? I can't hear, brothers and sisters, God was where? God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. See, for the reconciliation of the world, the Father did not just post Jesus from heaven. I said, Jesus, go to heaven and go and bring them back. Or rather, go to planet Earth, go and bring them back. No, 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 no. That's not how the Father works. The Bible says, God was where? Please, put it up in the Amplified Translation. Put it in the Amplified. Is this amplified? I think this is the new amplified. Do you have Jordan? Can you open the amplified now? That old amplified they call it amplified classic. They have changed amplified Bible. I like that classic one. You know, Zondavan has been purchased by some new people and they are implementing their editorial policies. Oh, yes, that's what is happening. Many Bible publishers are being bought over by bigger mainline publishers and they are beginning to implement their editorial policies on, on several of these translations. So some of them don't say they used to say again. <laughs> so you need to look where. God will help me. It was God personally present in Christ. He said it was God personally present in Christ. Reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself please listen he said it was god that was what personally present we are in inside christ. christ thank you sir hold the mic and keep it near because i will still need help with some scripture personally present see the indwelling is the key to all the works of god you remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said? Tomorrow we are going to look at the indwelling, the indwelling Christ. When the servant of God, Dr. Ndububa, will be teaching fully on that matter. But I want you to know that Jesus was indwelt. It, one day Philip said, show us the Father. You remember that story? He said, Philip, have I been with you for all of this time and you don't know me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say show us the father? Don't you believe that the father is in me and I am in the father? Okay, if you don't want to believe what I'm telling you, believe me because of the miracles. You know what Jesus was saying? What Jesus is saying? These miracles you are seeing shows that there is somebody that is inside me that is working these miracles. I'm a human being like you, Philip. If you think that I'm telling you empty story, how do you explain blind eyes seeing dead people rising from the dead? All kinds of miracles. How do you explain that? Even the words that Jesus spoke, he said, even these words I'm speaking to you, they are not my words. I'm, there is somebody in me that is talking. 
Then I was surprised when Paul was explaining the matter. Can we go um, uh, chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, I think it's verse 8. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, the things that God wants to do in our generation, the indwelling is the key that will release them. Everything that happened in the life and ministry of Apostle Paul, do you know the explanation? It was the indwelling. He said, but Paul said, I labored more than all of them, but it was not me. It was the grace of God working inside me. Look at that scripture in Colossians, Galatians chapter 2 verse 8. For he, eh, the same person that wrought effectually in Peter. Can, can you read for me? Read, read, listen to it in the Amplified. For he who motivated the one that motivated and fitted Peter fitted Peter and worked effectively and worked effectively through him inside and through Peter for the mission to the circumcised for his work to circumcise people motivated and fitted me but Paul said it was the same person that was working inside me and worked through me also that was working inside for me the mission to the Gentiles. for the mission to the Gentiles brothers and sisters when you see Brother Paul operating, you will think it's Paul. It was not Brother Paul. It's not Paul. It was the same person. There was somebody who, did you hear what the Bible says in the book of Philippians? It said, work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. It didn't say work for. It didn't say work in. It said work out. There are different things. You see, you see these prepositions. Pay attention to them. Jesus worked for our salvation. The Holy Spirit worked in our salvation. We are the ones now to do what? To work it out. Don't, don't work for salvation. <laughs> you can't work for salvation. You can't work it into your own life. But you are supposed to now do what? Work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Then the next verse immediately confirms to you that you are not the one that will do this in your power. He said, for it is God who is at work. Where? Where is he at work? Inside you. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The indwelling is the key to all the works of God. What that means is that if we are going to see the works of God like they saw them in the in the New Testament, we need to revert back to the matter of the indwelling. Because there is no other key. It was the same person that was working in Paul that worked in them as they wrote scripture. They didn't write this thing of their own accord. There was somebody who was talking through them and writing through them. What it means is that the manifestations of the indwelling will be the key to releasing the works that we see in scripture i'm making big statements we are crying about this matter because brothers and sisters this is due order there is no other answer to oration there is no other source the empty gimmicks will not work external arrangements will not solve the matter it must be this person that is living inside bursting through us with life and power doing things in us and through us that will get the world's attention 
Remember the definition. It is to be located or implanted inside. That is the indwelling. To inhabit. To reside within. I won't spend much time in this review. Do you remember this, this, this uh, picture that I put up? Or this photograph? Of a baby indwelling the mother. <laughs> Do you know that? For every human being to enter into the earth, you come in by the indwelling. You must indwell. You cannot enter to, into planet earth without experiencing the indwelling. All of us that are seated there, we are products of an indwelling. And I want you to, I want to give you an example now. Please listen. Listen to this. Do you remember that once upon a time, Mary was like this? Do you remember that once upon a time, Eliza, my people call her Eliza, Elizabeth, <laughs> Eliza was like this. Now, don't forget that the Bible said concerning Elizabeth that her baby, John the Baptist, will be filled with the Holy Spirit from where? From his mother's womb. So I want you to see now, listen to what was happening inside Elizabeth. Elizabeth was carrying several degrees of the indwelling. So listen. So the first thing is that you have John the Baptist inside Elizabeth's womb. But then there is somebody else inside John the Baptist that is inside Elizabeth. And the Bible says that person is not sleeping. He didn't go to sleep. The day Mary that was also carrying her own indwelling you see, the person, Mary was also pregnant. She was carrying somebody. And the person that Mary was carrying was not just a body. It was the word of God, the incarnate word of God that was inside Mary's womb. The day Mary came to greet Elizabeth, the Bible said, as soon as Mary said, hello, hello, ma, hello, ma, something happened. The indwelling that was present inside Elizabeth, the Bible said the Holy Spirit did a cheek inside John the Baptist. And John the Baptist began to leap. He began to jump and celebrate. He, celebra he was celebrating the Savior even from his mother's womb. Because there is a spirit deep inside Elizabeth. Do you see what Elizabeth is carrying? But if you saw her walking down the road, she looked like a regular pregnant woman. That's the problem. That's just the problem. When people see you walking down the road, you look like an ordinary human being. Because they can't see what you are carrying inside. And now the problem is that you yourself that you are carrying the something. You don't know what you are carrying inside. That's the trouble now. Listen, there is nothing else. This is Christianity. This is the sick. This is it. I couldn't be like, say, this is it. He said, yes, this is it. This is it. Christianity is not for you to come and be like Christ. It's impossible. Only Christ can be like Christ. <laughs> Christianity is a call for you to come and die so that Christ can be Christ inside you. What they are saying is come and die so that we can put another life inside you. will still be a human being, but you are no longer a bare man. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, 
while there are envy and quarrel and all kinds of trouble among you, are you not living like ordinary human beings? Are you not living like mere men? Because they were not mere men. So remember this truth side. Information. This is how to get something from your Bible. You see that thing I showed you yesterday? Apply it when you are reading your Bible. You will understand. Treat the Bible as information. Then, from information, you do what? Observation. As you are doing observation, what is going to come out of your observation? Revelations begin to come out. Now, revelation is not the goal of Bible. I, when I was a younger Christian, I didn't know. I thought that once you get revelation from Bible, congratulations. No! Revelation is a means to an end. Preachers are celebrating revelation. Revelation is not the goal of scripture. The goal of scripture, the goal of the word of God is transformation into his likeness by his spirit walking inside us. But then you need revelation. Are you following the point? You need revelation as part of the process. So the revelation, you will now start asking questions. What are the implications of these revelations arising from my observation of this information? What does this imply? Out of your implications, you will do application. Once you do application, what happens to you? <laughs> There's a translation. You, you, you experience transformation. So because you have experienced transformation, you can't come back to the same level. Do you remember? You can't come back to the same level. So what happens to you now? Paul, you open up a spiral. You open up an upward spiral of change from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. And don't forget, when degrees change, possibilities change. <laughs> the things that were not possible at lower degrees, they are guaranteed at higher degrees. So, at some degree, some people will say impossible. But somebody else at another degree, we look at what they call impossible and we say normal. Remember several years ago, there is an elder in the body of Christ in this country. He is also a professional. And uh, it's like, I think, more than 10 years ago now. And we are talking. Somebody mentioned million something. And this elder, God has blessed him. He said, millions are normal these days. Many, maybe 10, 15 years ago, he said millions are normal. Are millions normal for every Nigerian? <laughs> but there are degrees of financial abundance. <laughs> there are possibilities. When degrees of temperature changes, what it can handle, what the heat can handle changes. There are things that look as if they can melt because the temperature is not high enough. Put them in a blast furnace and go up to 5,000 degrees centigrade and then you will see what will happen. Do you know, I want you to listen to what I want to say now. The fact that human beings could not solve some problems does not mean it is the will of God for us to stay with them. I said, the fact that human beings, all of us tried and we couldn't solve a problem does not necessarily imply that it is the will of God that that thing should stay like that. Don't equate human incapability to divine opinion. 
I'll give you an example. Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration one day and met a man quarreling with his disciples. If you couldn't, if they couldn't cast out the demon, the correct thing to do is to say bye bye and go away with your son. But the man refused to leave. I want to warn you, church, the days are coming. People will print our posters. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, and the name will walk. And then they will come. If they if those things don't happen, they will refuse to go and they will not allow us to go. <laughs> Until we fulfill the contract that brought them to our crusade. <laughs> May God hasten the day. I'm telling you the truth because maybe that will force us. That will force us to believe God for something. Then we can pray desperately. If not for them, then for ourselves. <laughs> the man refused to go. There was a problem. You people, you advertise your program. Your master is a specialist in casting out demons. And now I've come here, you guys are messing up. You are not going anywhere. You are not, you are not, <laughs> you are not going anywhere. Hey, Jesus said, what are you, what's the quarrel? The man said, I brought my son to your disciples, your boys. <laughs> your boys, my son to your boys. And I told them to cast out this demon and they could not cast it out. So the fact that, and you know the end of the story, Jesus cast out the demon. So the fact that apostles failed does not mean that it was the will of God that that problem should not be solved. The problem was that the decrees. Okay, do you understand what I'm talking about now? Somebody is coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Others are living in the valley of doubt. Number three, we are considering some scriptures. Look at them. Look at the Bible. Say you are of God. You are not of the world. You are not of the flesh. You, you are of God. That's your source. Then he says, little children. You remember, you remember little children. He didn't say mighty men of God. He said little children. He's talking to little children. And then he says, little children have done what? They have done what? They have overcome. Do you normally equate little children with triumph? No, it's big people that you overcome. We say little children have overcome. Why? Because they are, because of the indwelling. There is somebody inside. He will see you. <laughs> I am pretty, is, what I'm saying to you is serious. So I'm saying that there's somebody living inside you. And one of the matters we are going to look at is do you do you know do you have you have you ever realized do you wake up in the morning realizing that there's somebody inside you? Do you do you have an idea of what is going to happen to you? You wake up every morning as you are, as you are stepping out, you are conscious. That you are carrying Jehovah. Brothers and sisters, what I'm preaching is frightening. This is the... Can I say something to you? Please listen to what I want to say now. This, the goal of redemption was the indwelling. It's not the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins was a means to an end. You see, the, the issue is that a holy God cannot live inside dirty people. So we have to do something about their sins that we clean the place 
so that we can come and stay inside. So Jesus said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Like that? Say yes. Lord, show us the Father. We'll be, we'll be satisfied. Have I been with you for so long and you don't know me? Do you know that Jesus can be with you for a long time and you don't know him? <laughs> Have I been with you for such a long time and you don't know me? I perceive that that's what Jesus is saying to us in the church. Have I been living inside your heart for all of these years that you got born again and you have no idea of the person that you are carrying inside you? Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. See what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? I can imagine. You don't know how confused those apostles were. And they are looking at him. They say, how? And that is one matter with the indwelling. You cannot understand the indwelling from a physical perspective. I showed you the picture of the mother to give you an idea. But the indwelling is a spiritual reality. The reason is because, you know, Nicodemus asked Jesus, can a man, when Jesus said he was born again, do you remember? He said, can a man enter back into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. He that is born of the flesh is what? Is flesh. But the one that is born of the spirit, that person is spiritual. The indwelling, see, in the spirits can indwell. I hope I can show you a bit of that tonight before we leave. A human being cannot live inside another human being apart from the mother and the baby. I'll show you that example. But spirits can, in fact, the Bible said, he that is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with the Lord. Have you read the scripture like that before? Is it true? That you and Jesus, you are now one spirit. Is it true? What's the implication of that? That me and Jesus. <laughs> what? Oh, hallelujah. You know, brothers and sisters, as we are studying this thing, life, life starts pouring into your something starts happening inside you. Sometimes I start shouting in the house. I start screaming. This is mind-boggling. is the great gift of salvation, of redemption that Jehovah himself will settle into our hearts as his own. There is nothing greater that God can give anybody. That is heaven. And it's our guarantee of heaven. Believe me that I am in the Father. The Father is in me. The story continued. Now look at verse 20. Jesus is still teaching them. He said on that day. This is that day. He said you will realize. Holy Spirit help us to realize. 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 You will realize. That I am in my father. And you. You are in me. And I am in you. But brothers and sisters now. Look, look, look at this matter. You are going to realize. There's, there's, there is a union here that is shocking. You say you will realize that I am in my father. And then come and see the frightening part. The frightening part is that we have now become included. 
go, oh, oh. did you hear what I just said? You see, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, that unity and that oneness has been there from all eternity. The miracle of redemption is that we have gotten integrated into it. He said, I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. And of course, Colossians 1 27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. In John chapter 17, he said, As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be one in us. The servant of God will teach on that tomorrow. Let's move ahead. I want you to see something. He said, I in them, and then you in me. Hey! Look at Colossians chapter 3. He says, verse 3, say, For you have died, and your life is where? Hidden. Where is your life hidden? With Christ. Where? In God. You know, there are prayer points that people are praying in the church now that I don't understand. I hear a Christian. This is a child of God, though, with Jesus Christ inside him. He's praying. He says, Everyone that swallowed my destiny, vomit my destiny. Vomit. You know, when you are praying that kind of prayer, I'm wondering which Bible are you reading? I can't pray that kind of prayer with you now. I will be denying the truth. Are you saying that Christ is inside me and then somebody swallowed me with the Christ that is inside me plus our destiny? And now it's your prayer that will bring it out. Your prayer is what will cause the enemy to bring out what is swallowed. Your prayer will accomplish something that the cross failed to do. <laughs> you take too much to yourself, you, you Christians of today. You sons of zero wire. <laughs> you, you, you take too much to yourself. You, you are making too much assumption. What are you talking? I believe in deliverance. But please listen. The biggest deliverer is the truth himself. Jesus Christ said, You shall pray the prayer, and the prayer shall set you free. Is that what Jesus said? He didn't say anything like that. He said, you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. That is deliverance. And by the way, any deliverance that is not rooted on the truth can only be temporary. Your life is hidden. Do you agree with that? See, excuse me. Do you know? Okay, now what are the implications? <laughs> you see what I'm showing you? Is it true? First of all, is it true? Okay, if it is true, what are the implications of the fact that as we are sitting now, your life is hidden inside Christ and hidden inside God? What are the implications? So people that their life is hidden, should they be as afraid as you are? If it is true that your life is hidden. <laughs> Did you see the point now? If it is true that your life is hidden, you can wake up in the morning and you are going where you are going because you are totally inaccessible. Is it true or is it a joke that your life is hidden? Do you believe it? This brings me to the three dimensions of God's presence. I won't go into details. It's discussed in the book, The Indwelling. There are three dimensions of the presence of God that you will find in scripture. Number one dimension is God for us. Number two is God with us. And number three is God in us. Please listen. The greatest level of presence that is possible on this side of eternity 
is God inside. Apart from coming right before the throne room of God in heaven, do you realize, brothers and sisters, that God can be for you and not be with you? The classical example are the Israelites. Do you remember what happened with the Israelites? God said, you people, you are stiff naked. I, I, I won't follow you. If I, if I travel with you, I will kill all of you along the road. But I will still fulfill my promise. So just be going. I will send an angel. The angel will go, he will clear them out. All the Jebusites and the Gegashites and the Parasites, the angel will remove all of them from the place and give you the promised land. But I will not travel with you. So you see, it's possible for God to be for you, but refuse to go with you. Then Moses began to argue. Moses said, if you don't go with us, we are not going anywhere. Cancel this journey now. How will it be known that we are your people? Hallelujah. And that you are pleased with me. Huh? If your presence does not go with. Now I'm going again, child of God. Do you see what you are studying here? Is that the same presence that Moses was pleading to go with is now in the New Testament believer. The same presence. So, from God with us, so listen to the thing now. Listen to the progression. God for us sent God with us so that God can be in us. That is redemption story. God for us, what did he do? He sent Emmanuel. Do you remember Emmanuel? <laughs> that is Jesus. So God for us sent Emmanuel. God with us. So that something can happen. So that God can be inside us. Somebody give God praise inside his house. Come on. I said give God praise in the house. Give God praise. Did you hear the gospel? That is the gospel. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. Go. Now this brings me to truth illustrated. And I need you now to look on the board because I want to share with you. I know I will finish everything I've planned. I'll find a place to stop and then we'll continue tomorrow. I need you to look up on the board because these drawings I want to share with you now and you also find them inside the book, The Indwelling. They helped me to understand this thing. And I began to draw these things years ago. I opened my Bible and I saw that I was drawing an elementary version of what I'm going to share with you now. So, so picture this. Now, for us to understand this illustration, the first thing is to understand the symbols that I am using. Please note that I call these things symbols. I call them symbols. It's important to clarify that. Before somebody will say that, Brother Ferdinand said that God is a triangle. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> the Father God is not a triangle. Amen? I didn't say that. I am trying to illustrate something. Please. So, we are going to use the triangle to represent the Father. And the idea is to put these scriptures that we have been reading into a, an illustrated form. So the triangle will represent the father, the cross will represent Christ, and this diamond, the precious jewel purchased by the Lamb of God, will represent the believer. Okay? 
So the believer is in Christ. I'm sure we agree with that. Therefore, if any person is engrafted, if any person is in Christ, what did the Bible say about the person now? He's a new creature, but he is in Christ. So the believer is in Christ. Now, number two, Christ is inside the believer. I'm sure we agree with this. He said, Christ in you. Christ in you. Not Christ on you. Not Christ with you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. <laughs> you know, Jesus is the Savior. Everybody, you know that Jesus is the Savior. But Jesus has never saved anybody from outside. <laughs> Jesus Christ has never and can never save anybody from outside. That's a big statement. <laughs> so what will he do? He may stay for a century and is knocking at the door of somebody's heart. If the person doesn't open to let him inside, he can't save the person. He is the savior, but he has never saved anybody from outside. He has to end. Do you know that the entire gospel the purpose of the gospel is to accomplish the indwelling. But Paul said to the Galatians, my little children, for whom I travel again in birth until Christ is what is formed inside you. That's the goal of the gospel. The purpose of missions, suppose I'm a missionary, this indwelling doesn't concern me, you don't understand. This is the goal of missions. Is to put Christ inside people. for him to be formed inside them and live his life from inside so you see christ is in the believer so we come to number three now look so christ is in the father i think we all read that now eh christ is in the father he said the father is in me and i am in the father okay now look 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 closely so the father is in christ so you see the triangle representing the father outside you can see the cross Christ is in the Father. Huh? Okay. You see now? So you can see Christ is in the Father. Now look at the triangle now. Inside the cross. So the Father is also inside Christ. So the believer is in Christ. Don't forget. <laughs> and Christ is in the believer. Now but watch this now. Watch this. So, your life is now what? Hidden with Christ. We are in God. So, do you see the believer? Hidden inside Christ. Inside the Father. Now, watch this. <laughs> you see, something has happened there. Do you notice that the believer is inside the Father? Who is inside Christ? Who is inside the Father? Now watch this level now. Do you notice that Christ is now where? Where is Christ now? Christ is now inside the believer. And the believer and Christ are inside the Father. And don't forget that the Father is inside Christ. And then don't forget that the Christ is inside the Father. I'm sure you are getting the idea. See, the, the, what will happen now? Let's continue this thing. Watch this one. So, you remember? This is this one. You see Christ, Abi? But don't forget that Christ is not empty now. The believer is inside Christ, Abi? 
Look. So the believer is inside Christ and Christ is inside the believer and then Christ and the believer inside each other are inside the father and then the father is inside Christ and then Christ himself with the father and the believer and and of course himself inside they are inside the father is this the end of this diagram what should come inside here now who knows what should come inside here eh? what should come inside Christ should come inside the believer now because remember Christ is in the believer so you should put another cross inside now once you put another cross what must you put inside again you have to put another diamond inside because the believer is inside Christ then you put another cross you see you see the result of this thing you are going to have something that is totally inseparable now here is the point don't miss this the entities that are being discussed are not lights they are beings they are spirits so imagine now how do you imagine that these are spirits because somebody said my friend now where is the holy spirit in this ah good question the holy spirit feels everywhere here he is the spirit of the father so he feels the father he feels christ he feels the believer he feels, that is why in this matter if anybody does not have the holy spirit you can't fit into this it's impossible this is the indwelling blessed be the name of jesus christ now to bring to a close for tonight i'll, I'll just tell you some stories and I'm going to stop. You see, brothers and sisters, God ordained from the beginning that man will operate from inside. And brothers and sisters, we many believers, we have no idea of the depths of the heart of man. Let me hurry up. I, I want to show you. I don't want, I don't have time for this. Ah, look at what David said. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And can you read the next words for me? What does he say there? All that is where that is within me. There is plenty inside you. Hmm. There is a lot inside the human being. Brothers and sisters, this is how I need us to look at a few of these as we draw to a close tonight. The heart of man is deep, deep. Look at Psalm 64, verse 6. He said, They devise iniquities. We have perfected the shrewd screen scheme. He said, both the inward thoughts and the heart of man are deep. And sir, when the Bible says that something is deep, say amen. <laughs> Did you hear? If God says that something is deep, agree. Because you have no idea of how deep. Now, here is this story I want you to look at. The man that had the legion inside him. You remember that story? Remember the man that was demon-possessed, everybody? Please help me so that I can draw to a close. So Jesus demanded, so when Jesus confronted the man with the devil, he said, what is your name? And then he replied, he said, my name is Legion. Because there are many of us, where? Inside this man. Inside. Legion, that's my name. I did some study. A legion in the Roman army was made up of 6,000 soldiers. 6,000 soldiers make up a legion. That's like a battalion of soldiers. 
So a battalion of demons was inside one man. And the head demon, his name was called what? Legion. Because he was commanding a legion. And they are all inside a person. Follow the story. Then the evil spirit begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. So please, follow what is happening. Jesus is talking with the man, but plenty spirits are talking. Then they say, send us into this wine. Send us into this wine. Send us into this wine. Eh? So there, there happened to be a large head of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs. The spirits beg, not the spirit. Spirits. All of them we are speaking at the same time through one mouth from inside a person. Follow the story. Let us enter, enter. Do you see the word enter? Let us enter this wine. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and did what? Entered the pigs. And there were about 2,000 of those pigs. All of them plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and they drowned in the water. So all the spirits, thousands of demon spirits that were inside one man came out in mass and entered into pigs. And because the devil comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, he could only destroy those pigs. They went over the cliff and into the water. 2,000, they perished. Listen, 2,000 pigs could not carry for one second what a man had been carrying for years. You have no idea. You see, today's Christianity does not pay attention to the inner life of God. It doesn't pay attention inside. Everybody is chasing enemies outside. You are not considering the death. That's why our fathers in the faith, they were people of the inner life. The stories have not finished. See, Jesus said they shall cast out devils. Excuse me, if you are going to cast out devils, we are, we are they? They are inside. Follow the story. There was a story that Jesus told. He said, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it roams through waterless places. Eh? In search of a, a place of rest, release, refreshment. Demon is looking for refreshment. And ease. And then he finally he says, I will go back to my house from where I came. Do you hear this demon? Where, what is he calling his house? He's a person. He came out of a person. He said, I will go back to my house. An evil spirit is calling a human being his house. I will go back to my house from where I came. And then when this demon arrives, what does he do? He finds the place swept and put in order, furnished and decorated. Does he enter inside? He, says, uh, he goes and does what does he do? He brings other spirits, seven of them that are more terrible than himself. So what happened? All of them enter in, settle down, and they dwell there. We are inside the human being. And so the last state of that man, the Bible said, is worse than the first. So note, the demons are fewer, but not necessarily smaller. 
Does that make sense? You see, there are eight of them now, but that doesn't mean that they are smaller. They could be eight, seven legions and one tiny one who has now become their errand boy. So that smaller demon doesn't mind being the servant in a house of more terrible demons as long as the territory is maintained for the devil. Do you see the kingdom-mindedness of demon spirits? Where are the Christians who think like that? Even if I'm the small person, as long as this place is retained for the kingdom of God, no problem. That's what that demon was saying for their own kingdom. Now follow the story. Listen to this. Jesus said, you Pharisees, you know what led to this story was that the Pharisees said to Jesus, you cast out the devils by Beelzebub. You remember? I didn't understand this thing. Oh God, I didn't understand until the Lord gave me light. Jesus told them this story. So he said, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Then he said, when an evil spirit. Now listen to the story. Do you know what Jesus was telling these people? What Jesus was saying is that when your sons cast out evil spirits, the house is swept and is cleaned. But they cannot feel it. That's why Jesus said, you remember he said, you travel across land and sea to make one convert. And then after you have made that one convert, what do you do? You convert him into two times a child of hell. Worse than yourself. See what Jesus is saying to them. Jesus said, my deliverance is not like the deliverance of your sons, you Pharisees. You can cast out demons. But after you have cast out demons, what do you do next? You leave the person empty. See, it's not difficult to cast out demons. Though. Do you know that demons can cast out demons? That's how Babala was operated. All these native doctors, when people go to them, it's withdrawal and replacement. They take out a smaller demon that is causing a particular problem and then they replace with a bigger demon that is not causing that problem but that will secure that territory for the devil. So the person feels free. No realizing that a bigger bondage has taken over. So what Jesus was telling, I want you to know this is the miracle of salvation, Jesus Christ. What Jesus was saying to these people is that my kind of deliverance is not like your own deliverance. When you cast out the demon, the house is swept, but you have nothing with which to fill inside. But me, when I cast out the demon, I enter inside and I settle down. Because I know that that demon spirit will come back. And when he comes back to that house where he was before, he will find that there is a new occupant of the house. So when he comes to come and take over his place again, the Lord of the casting out has become the Lord of the indwelling. That is permanent deliverance. That's what Jesus was saying. Listen to story before we close. I want you to see these brothers and sisters because I saw that even Satan himself operates the indwelling. See what the Bible says. Then I saw, this is Revelation chapter 16. Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. This is talking about, see what, see everybody please, look what it. They came out from where? Out of the mouth of the dragon, that is Satan himself. Out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist. 
and out of the mouth of who? The false prophet. What is coming out of their mouth? Everybody, what's coming out of their mouth? Evil spirits that look like frogs. Coming out of the mouth of Satan. The message version said, I saw evil spirits like frogs. Leap. Just imagine frog jumping. Where is the frog coming out from? Everybody, where is the frog coming out from? He's coming from the mouth of somebody. He's inside. Inside the Listen, Satan can host demons in himself. And then he releases them to go and do assignment for him. That's what you are reading here. And then these people go out. These evil spirits are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs. And they go out to the kings of the whole earth to gather them for the battle of the great God Almighty. So when people see signs and wonders, they assume that every miracle is from God. You are making a mistake. But don't miss the point. Where are these evil spirits coming out from? Out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the false prophet, out of the mouth of the antichrist. Now, see, if you saw the antichrist walking down, because he will be a human being, he will be a woman. If you saw him walking, will you know that there are demons inside him? You will not know. But John said, I was watching and I saw this evil spirit coming out of their mouth. This is the indwelling. That's how the devil operates. Now, I want to show you this one and I will stop. See what happened with Judas Iscariot. This frightened me. I said, what? I said, what? Please listen. Jesus said, that's a human devil. Have I not chosen the twelve of you? Yet one of you is a devil. Jesus, how can you say that somebody is a devil? But you know God that if Jesus said something, you should listen to what he said. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. So at this point, Jesus said, one of you is a devil. Now, look at the next thing. So now at this particular point, Satan deposited something inside Judas. Please, everybody, look at scripture. John chapter 13, verse 2. He said, supper being ended. And the devil, having already done what? Put it into the heart of Judas. So there was space. There was an opening inside Judas through which the devil can put something inside. I don't know if you are following the story. Follow, stay with me for a while. So, Judas's heart, you see, the kind of life that Judas was living made his heart open to satanic implants. I, I said the kind of life that Judas was living made his heart open to satanic deposits. He that breaketh the hedge. What did the Bible say? A serpent to strike. So there is a hedge that Judas has broken that now made it possible for the devil to get into his life and put something into his heart which is the fountain. Remember the Bible says out of your heart are the issues of life. So Satan has now put something into the heart of Judas. But the story has not ended brothers and sisters. Please, don't forget what we saw yesterday that scripture cannot be broken. Don't forget. Everybody, please, help me now. Let's read this scripture. A satanic indwelling. So they were eating at the last supper. And they were asking, Lord, who is it that will betray you? Who is it that will betray you? So Jesus now says to John, remember, John leaned across to the master. And John said, Lord, who is it? 
Then Jesus said, just watch. When I dip this piece of bread, the person I'm going to give it to, that's the person. So the Bible says, Jesus dipped the piece of bread and he gave it to Judas. Now, please, listen to what happened. And now, after the piece of bread, after Judas received the piece of bread, what did the Bible say happened? Everybody, scripture cannot be broken. Don't forget what happened. The Bible said, Satan, not a demon. You see, Satan is a person. There are not two Satans. There is only one Satan. That's Lucifer. Satan. The Bible says, the Bible says, and the book of Luke, Luke corroborates, Luke agrees with this. The Bible said, Satan entered into Judas. Now, brothers and sisters, Jesus now said to him, that thing you want to do, do it quickly. Do you know what happened here? All through this time, the Satan has been using smaller demons for the operation. But a critical point had come in that matter. And there was now enough door opening in the heart of Judas. And the Bible says, Satan himself entered into Judas. Brothers and sisters, everything that Judas did from that point onward, it was the devil operating from inside. Now, here is the thing. If you saw Judas walking down the road, will you see Satan? You will not see Satan. You will see Judas passing. But you will not have an idea of what Judas is carrying inside. You will not know that you just passed Satan. Just picture what I'm telling you. Just see, this is Judas, Judas. In fact, I can imagine when by the time the other apostles are seeing, I say, Judas, Judas, what, what, Judas, what is it now? What is it now? <laughs> Satan will just sit inside Judas is smiling. From inside his house. <laughs> his house. From inside his house. When the Judas, inside Judas, had some remorse, you remember, and wanted to go back, he said, I have sinned. I have betrayed us and blood. Oh, those people couldn't help him. He said, what is that? Go and solve your problem by yourself. The Bible said, Satan. said, yeah, it's time to kill yourself. Go, go that way. Go that way, go that way. Go that way. He was leading him now. You see, the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God from outside. It's <laughs> not in the Bible. There's a spirit inside the believer. And the Bible says, as many as are led by that spirit that is inside you, you are a child of God, the Spirit of God. So what happened now was Satan was now ordering the steps of Judas. He ordered his steps to the gallows. So take the rope. See the rope there. Tie it up there. Put your neck. There is no hope for people like you. Put your neck. Oh yeah. Release the thing. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. Release it. What? 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 Judas hung and died. And Satan died. No, Satan does not die like that. He's a spirit. Satan came out of that house. That house had served his purpose. And he went to look for other houses. Now listen. If Satan can enter into somebody, Jesus Christ can also enter into a person. That is it. And what, what we are studying here is that as surely as Satan entered into Judas, 
Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has entered into your spirit. Can somebody give God praise inside this house? Do you, do you understand what we are talking about now? Now the question now is, what are the implications? What are the implications? So you look ordinary, just like Judas looked ordinary. If you saw Judas, you wouldn't know who Judas is carrying. The same way, as anybody sees you, they have no idea of the person that is resident inside your spirit. Tonight, we have seen that the indwelling is the key to all the works of God. Everything that God does, he does from inside. God was personally present in Christ. He didn't post Jesus from heaven. No, 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 no. He was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, we are going to see why. how did Elijah do the things Elijah did? There was a spirit inside Elijah. You remember, when Elisha got to the brink of the Jordan, after he collected the anointing, he took the man to... We are the Lord God of Elijah. The river Jordan divided. Elisha crossed. The Bible said, all those sons of the prophets that were far away, do you remember them? They say, hey, hey, hey. That same spirit that was inside Elijah has entered inside this man. Hey. And now that spirit is making him to do the things that Elijah did. The only way we can do the works that Jesus did, hallelujah, is because the same Father that worked in Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that worked in Christ, has now entered into the believer. That's why we can live holy as he lived holy. That's why we can cast out what he cast out. That's why we can, we can, we can heal what he healed. And this indwelling child of God is our hope of glory. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Have you understood this thing, servants of God? Now, we are going to ask God. We are now going to pray tonight, just before we leave, in a few minutes. We are going to say, Father, some quick prayers. We are going to say, Father, unveil this thing to me. I want to know the person that is living inside. Not the Christ that is seated in heaven now. Are you following the matter now? But the indwelling Lord. Then the next thing is, we are now going to ask for these manifestations. The Spirit of God is here. And if you are sick in your body, please listen, look at me for a second. If you are sick in your body, I said in the name of Jesus, the healer lives inside you. The healer, the healer lives inside you. The great physician himself has taken up residence inside your spirit. The same spirit of the person that raised up Jesus from the dead is now present inside you. Please listen. Jesus was dead. For three days he was in the grave. The Holy Spirit entered into him and he came alive. See, we are not dead. If you are sick, it's just a part of your body that is sick. Is that correct? But the, Jesus was dead. He died properly. He didn't faint. And after three days, the spirit entered into him and he came alive. Now that same spirit is inside you. He will give life to every part of your mortal body. 
Do you understand what God is saying to you now? You are going to reach out and collect it. It's your portion. If God didn't, if the healer didn't want to heal you, he has made a mistake by living inside you. <laughs> Do you understand? Some people say, is it the will of God to heal me? If it was not his will, he has made a bad mistake by putting the healer inside you. We are going to walk in the realities of this inheritance. Can I get a good amen? Somebody in this church. You will walk in the realities of this inheritance. Rise up on your feet and let us pray. Let's pray. Express yourself to God. This is a divine moment. Take, take what belongs to you. Collect your inheritance. Collect your inheritance in Christ. Reach out and take it. Begin to thank the Father. Stir up the spirit that is inside you. Stir up. Stir up. Stir up. Stir up the spirit. Stay up your spirit now. Stay up your spirit. Come on, stay up your spirit. Stay up, stay up your spirit. Udo, udo, kudo. Put your toko, udamba, akatambose, eteke. Eletebo, uleleo, telehude, terebe. Idiego, tombere, kumba, katakata. Hatakata, kuda, kadara, kubarataya. Idipo, huso, medenetele, tereka. Ilese, leto, perete, tete. Isu, akamba, kambos, akaingata. Ida, makana, mioko, huso, perebe, retiga. Ainterebonti, bembe, subambantaya. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Who is like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land? After sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity.